This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Oakshade Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man, your host, Welcome to season five. Here we go. This podcast is brought to you by discipline, delayed gratification, and being accountable to yourself. This podcast is about finding the high road, working hard every day, creating the best possible version of yourself. Our values are faith, family, fitness, finances, elk hunting, and career. Our guiding principles are authenticity, transparency, and out hustling the competition. Our podcast is brought to you by Buck Knives, Onyx Hunt, Vortex Optics, Wilderness Athlete, Black Rifle Coffee Company, Crispy USA, Matthews Archery, Kufaru International, and BlackOvis.com. Welcome to the Oak Shape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man, today sitting down with the GOAT. The greatest of all time. That's a man that gets thrown out too much, but in this instance, I think it sticks. This is Levi Morgan. Uh, I've been wanting to get him on the podcast for a long time. Our schedule's finally connected, and this is the first time we've actually really ever interacted. I think you're going to like this conversation. We dive deep, we get deep on some things, and uh, we'll also talk about elk hunting and archery setups and technique, but. We're going to get to know Levi hopefully better than most people have tried before on other podcasts. And um, he's just a great dude. I can't say enough about him. Um, total stud. This is the Elk Shade Podcast. The guest, Levi Morgan. Without further ado, let's go. Check, check. Hey, what's up, everybody? Guess who I'm talking to? The GOAT. And he's going to blush when I say that. But uh, talking to Levi Morgan, what's up, dude? Not much, man. How are you doing? Good. I uh, I feel I feel a lot of stress, Levi. I'm... I'm going to get ready to leave my family for a long time and I'm trying to get all the work done and, oh, try to like stay married and be a good dad. You know, you probably get it. Yeah, I definitely get that. <laughs> I don't know that I do a good job of any of it, but I get it. <laughs> I always joke with my wife. I'm like, um, 
if you get a boyfriend while I'm gone, like make sure he pays rent. You know what I mean? And I'm joking, but, but, uh, yeah, no, it sounds like we're both blessed with pretty understanding women in our life. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been, Samantha used to do this with me, so she totally understands how crazy it is, you know, and, and, uh, especially tournaments hunting, I can be a little more present with, with, uh, the family, even FaceTime and all that stuff. Tournaments have always been really different because I have to almost not be able to feel emotions when I'm gone, which is a weird dynamic to have when you're married with a family. So I feel a lot more disconnected when I'm at a tournament than I do when I'm hunting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hunting season. Uh, it's just kind of relaxing a little bit of break, even though we're grinding every day, it still seems like it's a break for me. Yeah, man. Uh, how old are you? I'm 35. 35 years young, married to Samantha, who I follow on Instagram. And I was hoping she was around. I was going to make her get on because she reminds me of my wife. Like all my expenses are to Home Depot and it's not for me, dude. I don't swipe the card there. It's my wife. (laughs) Believe me, I've been home for like uh, 13 hours and I've already tried to pick out. I don't even know how many different colors for paint and for these cabinets and laundry rooms and tile. And I'm just like, I try to be like, I don't care. And I know that my opinion doesn't matter anyway, but she still makes me go up there and go through it. So yeah, it's been all I've done since I got home. <laughs> oh, dude, that makes me feel, yeah. My wife was, uh, thought we needed a new, um, faucet in the kitchen. Like, you know, that's kind of like no big deal to her. So she's up there under the sink and I'm out shooting arrows and checking my bow tune and I feel real lousy about it, but not really, you know? So, um, well, I want to get to know the Levi that, so I don't know you, man. I don't think we've ever shook, shook in hands in real life. Uh, I was trying to think, I was like, I've seen you at ATA walking by wearing cowboy boots and a lot of jeans. You're a pretty tall dude. And I don't think I've actually ever, have we met? I was thinking about that the other day. I don't think we've actually, um, formally met anyway, so. Okay. Well, it's an honor to have you on, man. Um, I respect your game. Talk to me about, let's just get into hunting season first and foremost. Where do, when does your first hunt start and, and when typically do you like get forced to stop hunting and like get ready for Vegas or, or Lancaster? Right. Yeah. So I'll start, uh, Aaron Snyder's trying to get me to go on an antelope hunt during our, uh, only family vacation of the year so that's probably not going to happen but that would be like mid-august but my first official hunt is um i leave august 28th to go out to nebraska um and i'm going to scout for two or three days and then the opener september 1st um and then i'll hunt pretty much every day until you know most of my competition will start getting ready into november after the rut i don't stop hunting until into january probably like Last year, I think I started setting a bow up maybe two weeks before Lancaster. Um, So sometimes I feel like it takes me till May or June to really get in the groove of tournaments and start shooting well. And I think it's just because I start prepping so late. But I tell everybody, you know, if I had to give up one or the other, I'd give tournaments up tomorrow because I'm not giving up hunting time. That's that's what I love to do. And um, I don't know. It's where I feel at home for sure. Tournaments have become really, really stressful, um, over the last 10 years. So, uh, that's why I start preparing at the last minute for that. (laughs) 
I think so. So what elk hunts, because you know, I kind of only care about elk hunting. What elk hunts do you have lined out? Wow. You're going to be super disappointed in this answer. Um, this is the first year in like 10 years, I didn't draw any tags. And then I went to try to get a couple landowner tags and didn't work out. I am going on zero elk hunts this year and it is unbelievably depressing <laughs> and you're shaking your head and i i totally understand if you want to you want to end the podcast here and and we'll nice talking to you yeah totally. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick it up another time you know whenever i whenever i decide to uh be a man and, and go back on an elk hunt but no dude i it's probably top three favorite things to do uh, is chase bulls and um i've walked by in my trophy room and look at them every day and i'm like i can't believe I can't believe there's nothing in the near future for me in the elk woods, but so I'm going to, the, the deer are going to pay for that this year. I hope I'm going to be hard on them. That's awesome, dude. Um, where are you at on North American 29? Um, because it seems like you got a lot of species under your belt. Not maybe you don't even keep track, but if you do, where are you at? This podcast is brought to you by Numa Outdoors out of Texas. Numa has been awesome to Elk Shape. They've been very supportive. I love the rain gear. I think it's probably the quietest on the market. Huge fan of the Palisade Puffy Pursuit Pant Pathfinder Pant. They have merino wool base layers as well as synthetics. Check out Numa Outdoors. Discount code Elk Shape 20. Vortex Optics out of Wisconsin. This is a veteran-owned company. This is one of my favorite partners. Been working with them since 2010. Get yourself some Vortex Optics. 10 by 42s, maybe a 65, 85 millimeter spotter. Angled, in my opinion. Check out the Rangefinder line. They got a Razor 4000, a Viper 3000. They have all the options. They work. They stand behind their product. VIP warranty. If you break it, they'll fix it. And they're just a great company. Discount code ELK10 at eurooptic.com. When you buy anything from Vortex, take 10% off. Also, Vortex Wear, Elk Shape will get you 20% off their awesome hunting clothing lineup. Discount code ELK Shape will take 20% off Vortex Wear. That is the clothing I wear when I'm scouting, going on date night, or working out. So check that out. Vortex Optics, great partner. One of the most amazing companies and super proud to work with them. Check them out today. Onyx Hunt Elite Membership, 99 bucks, but... When you enter the discount code ElkShape, it'll take 20% off and you get the best, most reliable, been in the game, the longest hunting app map, period. We're also going to get access to Hunting Fool, Top Rut, Hunt Reminder. And now the Elk Collective Onyx is a partner of mine. They also are the headline sponsor of ElkShape Camp Season 2023, Year 5, brought to you by Onyx. And we're even doing a mini camp for elite members only in Spokane, my hometown. Me and MFJJ are going to put that on. Become a member Come to that camp or come to any camp. Trust me, download your maps ahead of time, e-scout from a desktop, and use Onyx. It's going to elevate your game. Buck Knives, out of Post Falls, my neighbor. I drive there to have the factory resharpen my knives prior to every elk season. I use a skinny knife. That 113 is money. I also like a deboning knife. I'm not a scalpel guy. I think those are for poking holes in bear hides, quite honestly. So check out Buck Knives. They've been in business for a hundred plus years. And if you want your knife sharpened, you can send them to the factory and they'll sharpen them and send them back to you. Buck Knives, all their products are made here in the U.S. and they make things possible here at Elk Shape. Matthews Archery, Sparta, Wisconsin, continuing to lead from the front with innovation and giving guys like me who aren't the best at archery, allowing us to be pretty darn confident in the field with their equipment. Right now I'm running the V3X29 as my main hunting rig and my backup is the V3X33. Super excited to put that thing to work this fall and I hope you get a chance to check one out soon. Go to a local dealer near you. MagView. This is where you can get rid of your lousy digiscoping case. I'm not going to say other brands, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Those big bulky cases, put them away. MagView, it's all magnets. Keep the phone you have in the case that you already have 
or put the magnet on the back of your phone and rock and roll. And you can digiscope. It's seamless. It also provides a lens cover for your spotter. And you can even attach it to your binoculars and get some really crispy aeroflight footage or that big buck or bull that you want to get footage of. You can now do it in the field. So check out MacView and you can enter the discount code Elkshape. It'll save you a little bit of loot and be on your way. Yeah, definitely. So I grew up kind of East Coast whitetail guy. Um, started at Western stuff when I was about 19 um, and fell in love with it. And then probably when I was 25, I found out about the super slam, like what it even was. And I set this goal to be the youngest to ever do it at that time. And so for the next three or four years, I went hard, like sheep, muskox. I was lucky enough to be in with the grand slam club, um, GSCO at the time when Dennis Campbell owned it. And, um, he, we kind of partnered and he believed in me and he sent me on some hunts I could have never made happen on my own when I was younger. And so, um, I think I killed 16 different species in a matter of three years with my boat in the North America, out of the North American 29. And I already had a lot, but I, I think I've got five left right now, um, to complete the North American 29. Uh, Dennis Campbell passed away a few years ago and that, um, honestly, I don't come from money. I don't come from, you know, and some of those hunts are just like unbelievably expensive and hard to get tags for too. So it's been, you know, one of those things, it's like, that's a big commitment to pay some, some, some of this, like to go on a couple of these hunts that I got to do to finish this super slam still like my Rocky Mountain Bighorn. I have booked for 2026, which is the last sheep I need. Um, just cause it's going to take me that long to pay for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. And, <laughs> um, and so I need a polar bear and I, and so that's the problem is the only one left in, in Canada that I need is a polar bear. And I don't know that I'm going to get it. Um, if, if, uh, Canada doesn't change like it's facts laws and stuff like that. So I don't know if I'm going back to Canada to be honest. So, but you know what, when I set that goal of being the youngest, I didn't know about this kid named Lincoln tap. I don't know if you know who Lincoln is. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I think he did it with a bow by like 20 or something crazy. So that was, that's kind of when I slowed down and was like, you know what? Good for him. He's a great kid, very respectful. Um, and I was just like, when it happens, it happens. And so last few years have been like one species a year type stuff, you know? No, I feel that this podcast is not going to go out in time to get you somebody to say, Hey, I got, I got a land under tag for you. Um, but you never know, man. Maybe you'll still elk hunt this year. But because you are an incredible archer and bow hunter, let's talk about elk tactics briefly. That's a box I got to check for this podcast. I don't picture you out tooting your horn, bugling at bulls, especially if you're hunting. Maybe maybe if you're hunting even ranches, like it's probably a lot of sneaky spot and stock, but whatever tactic required. So what do you think the tactic that you would basically attract or what do you end up doing most times and how's that been working out for you when it comes to elk? Yeah. So a couple of different things. I used to go um, to New Mexico every year in, in October and it was like my favorite time to go. It was like um, the first 10 days of October. And, uh, and I would literally hunt them in the middle of the day a lot. Like, obviously I would try to find them before daylight. I don't do a lot of calling. Um, I just feel like, I've hunted public ground, New Mexico a lot. And I mean, that's kind of where I learned to elk hunt. And so I feel like I've been screwed up so many times by other hunters who just get on the same bull and won't shut up. And then I watched how that bull reacted to it. And I've just been like, okay, like learn the hard way type stuff. 
but I do, I just follow them a lot, you know, and wait on them to stop. And I don't really call bulls much at all until I get within that hundred yards. I feel like, um, and obviously kind of read them too. I mean, killing a satellite bull is one thing, killing a big herd bull is a completely different animal, you know? And, um, I really feel like I've killed more big bulls by waiting until they bed down and letting them give up their position. Cause a lot of times they'll bugle once an hour, once every hour and a half in their bed, you know, and just keep slipping in and keep slipping in and keep slipping in until I feel like I'm in that bubble. And, um, and then I'll bugle at them one time and I probably kill more big bulls that way than, than any other tactic. And, uh, feel like, I feel like when he feels like that, that bull is so close, he can't walk away, then he comes to fight. And that's probably my favorite way to kill him. So. Oh, I, I love hearing that. I think, um, we've been preaching that a lot this year, more than anything on all our content is to kind of, for you public land guys listening is just shut it down. Like, get more sneaky especially open country like really spend more time behind the glass studying and wait for them to mess up um i'd love hearing you say that um okay well i got a ton of questions i gotta like organize it so this thing flows well but um okay i guess we're gonna we're gonna first talk about i kind of go down my priority list and so let's talk about faith first and foremost so i'm a pretty like hey guys i love jesus but i also am really good at swearing and just not uh, being the best example, but uh, faith is definitely the highest priority. I wanted—I know you're a pretty outspoken guy um, when it comes to your faith. What uh, I guess my main question is: is like, man, talk to me about the dynamics of living in this world today and trying to be a Christian or try to follow Jesus. Yeah, I feel like I do a really terrible job of it, to be honest with you, kind of like, um, I get, I'm humbled all the time, you know, just at how undeserving I am of, of anything really, uh, you know, and, and, um, I come from a, a faith background, you know, I grew up in church and, um, but I didn't get saved and didn't really accept Jesus in my life till 2009 or 2007, sorry, 2000. And, um, and so, but at the same time, the, the life I live doesn't allow me to really be a part of a church um, because I'm gone all the time. And I, I struggle with, you know, not being able to, to raise my kids the way that I feel like would be ideal just because of the life I have um, as far as in church. You know, I'm a very present dad when I'm home, but like I was raised, we went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I'm gone probably 95% of the weekends you know, for tournaments and hunting and everything. So I struggle with it, man, honest. Um, I, and I am, I'm, I'm the type of person that likes to take control of my life a lot of times and like God will open a door for me and I'll run through it and then try to do everything myself. And I feel like he has to constantly be reeling me in and showing me how much I really need him in my life, you know? And so I just, every day I'm just like, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry for what I, what I think I'm sorry for what I say. I'm, you know, I just constantly feel like I am falling short of who I need to be. And so, um, but you know, God has blessed me and he's been so good to me. I, I, I don't deserve any of it, and but I'm, I'm so grateful for it and, uh, don't understand it all, but I, I feel you when you say you, you feel like you're not the best at it. I, I, um, I feel that <laughs> very much so. Well, I like your honesty, transparency. I think that um, if it's on, if it's in your heart, 
If it's in your heart to try to put God before you and try to make sure that, especially someone like you who is extremely successful at winning tournaments or whatever, whatever, you know, people think of you. Um, someone like me, people think I'm like really good at hunting and I'm not. I'm really good at trying hard. But as long as we give glory to God first and foremost and don't get caught up in ourselves, I feel like that's that's just like Satan's trap. And I don't talk a lot about that on this podcast. I don't. Uh, maybe I should. And it's not that I'm afraid to. It's just that I don't always know who's across the aisle from me and if they're willing to talk about that stuff. But like uh, any struggles for you as far as, um, man, thinking that you're you're the man or um, feel like, man, I, sh- I really don't give God enough credit publicly or like that. You know, that just uh, nagging, like calling. For sure, man. I, I don't really struggle with thinking too highly of myself. Sometimes I struggle with putting my, my wants before God. Sometimes, you know, I, I struggle yeah. with, uh, and, and obviously I feel like I don't give him enough credit, but, but I try to tell people, you know, look, all this stuff I've accomplished, it's not even realistic. And like, you got to know that it wasn't me, you know, and I know that because there's so many tournaments, including this past weekend that I shouldn't have won. And I know that, you know, and I, and I don't want to, it's, it's a very slippery slope right there because then all my competition, I don't want it to come off like God loves me more because that's not the case at all. I just feel like God calls us to do certain things in our life that, you know, and he might call the next guy to do something completely different and just really have his hand on certain things in their life. You know, and maybe for everybody, it's not bow shooting, obviously. Um, but I really feel like for me, since I was a kid, it's like, from major events all the way down the line where I would call my dad, even when I was like 20, you know, first starting to come on the scene uh, as a competitor. And I would say, dad, I, there's no way, like I shot terrible today. I'm out of it. Like there's not a chance. Right. And I meant that. And then something would happen. And my dad and my mom's a prayer warrior. My grandma was a prayer warrior, just, you know, and he would be like, I'm calling your mom and, or your you know, grandma and they're going to be praying and I, you know, you're going to pull it out. And I'm laughing in the hotel room, like, okay, not going to happen. And next day it would be like something would click and it would just, I couldn't miss and everything would fall right into place and I would end up winning. And it's just been 16 years of that, man. Like this past weekend I wasn't shooting good. And then I was like, if I'm going to win this, like it's got to start now, like with 10 targets to go. And I went from not even in the finals to leading the tournament in the last 10 targets, just shot on fire. And it's just been that way my whole career. And I know that's why I'm so humbled out there and like almost in shock at times because I'm like, I didn't do that. I don't know why God allows these things to happen. I don't know why he's allowed me to be that guy for the last 15 years, but there's never been a time when I'm like, look what I did, you know, because I know I didn't do it. You know, yeah, I've worked my butt off. Yeah. I've tried. Yes. This was my dream since I could walk. I show up not going to be outworked at it. And I want it terribly, but I also am realistic enough to know when it's me and when it's not, you know? So I love that. Well said. And I did not know that you were down that much with 10 to go. That's pretty cool, man. Um, and I'll probably pick your brain a little bit here about ASA because, dude, it's it's so tough for me who's never competed at anything indoor, outdoor, ASA, IBO, none of that stuff. But I do follow it a little bit. Um, I do understand it a little bit, but I'll pick your brain in a second. Got to move on to the second thing, and that's family. But marriage before kids. So I want to talk about you and your wife. 
what's the fairy dust that you that's been left behind where you're like, this is some like best practices that keeps our marriage strong, given you're gone as much as anybody? Yeah. So, I mean, we have our, you know, it's marriage, right? It's a lot of work. And um, I think it's been... I'll put it this way. If I was Samantha, I would have probably left me a long time ago, <laughs> you know, because I am so <laughs> driven and just, I'm just a different person. And I, most people don't get me at all. And, and, um, you know, it's been hard. It's been hard on our relationship. I'm just going to be straight up with you. I'm not going to paint this picture, you know, of like this perfect marriage because it's not, you know, we struggle and we have our, struggles and this life that we live there's no way not to have it because she's raising three kids and i'm gone a lot and i mean it just creates hard things for her and hard things for me and so but we have just both refused to quit and i think that is um the main thing i mean looking back so many times we almost quit you know and walked away but neither one of us would do it you know and so um I think that's been the main thing because if, if quitting is an option, then you, your marriage is not going to last, you know? So, um, and I don't know what next week brings or next month brings, but, um, it's just every day you got to wake up and decide to work at it and to, um, figure out a way to, to, to make your wife not hate you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude, you said it. If quitting is even an option, it will happen. And I I love that. Burn the ships. You said your vows before God. And the easy, the low road is, and I know there's exceptions. I'm I'm just broad stroking here, man. When the chips get down and they're going to be down at times. And for me, it's always after the fall. Like those are the rockiest times where I've been out of the picture for weeks slash months she's had to burden everything and um i've like withdrawn all the deposits i'd made prior in the year in our love account so it's like it's tough and it will be this year but you know we're we're both fortunate to have women in our life that fear god and love us even though we're pretty broken men that's cool let's move on to kids because you and i are not too far apart i'm a little older than you but we're both um raising kids in a world that's a little looks a little different than when you and i were their age you know, I didn't get a cell phone until I was probably, oh, 20, 20 years old. And I didn't have things that streamed on the internet wasn't invented when I was a kid. Um, Levi, I'm scared to death to raise my kids in this world. Talk to me like, how are you guys foolproof in your house to raise kids the best you can? Wilderness Athlete discount code ElkShape2022 takes 30% off your first purchase. Get a bundle of Hydrate, Recover, Energy, and Focus. The greens, you got to have those greens. You're not eating enough vegetables unless you're eating 10 salads a day. Backfill with a good multivitamin, some fish oil. Check out their entire lineup of meal replacements, protein powders, all in the name of Better Elk Hunting. This is not a marketing company. This is an actual supplement company. Quality brand. I've been with them since 2006. Great company. I stand behind them. I want you to as well. SpyPoint's got that new Flex Trail Camera, man. Dual SIM. You can get transmissions regardless of of the cell phone provider in your area. If it's AT&T or Verizon Tower, doesn't matter. It's going to send it to you. And the transmission plans are just that. It's all included. You don't have to have a cell phone or a monthly fee. You just download the SpyPoint app and start getting your images. They also have a bunch of affordable trail cameras that are not cellular. So where legal, utilize the app, pair it with their trail cameras, and you are good to go. I love trail cameras. They give me all the little information I'm looking for on animal behavior, animal densities, inventory on big bucks, 
big bulls, how many predators are in the area, and hopefully some sort of pattern that I can take advantage of as a bow hunter. Check out Spy Point today. Fire International, I'm a hoodlum through and through kind of guy for elk season, but I do have the hellbender. Love that for throwing trail cameras in or packing out elk. I keep the hellbender at the truck for when I hopefully I get a big bull down. I can go pack it out with that. I can pack and will pack an elk out with the hoodlum. They also have an awesome lineup. The checkpoint bag is my laptop bag where I put all my camera gear when I travel. And they also have stuff for you whitetail guys like the Shape Charge. Check out Kafara International. They're a huge partner of Elk Shapes and they've supported us for several years. And I still think they make the best frame in the entire universe. Crispy boots, crispy hunting, crispy USA. Everything starts from the ground up. So pair your crispies with some sheep feet. I have a discount code Elk Shape takes 10% off sheep feet. Crispy boots, buy them at Black Ovis or anything else. Discount code Elk Shape takes 10% off. I am rocking the Laponia 2 and the new Colorados. And those are my one two punch for elk hunting. Baku e bikes, made for hunters by hunters. Discount code Elk Shape takes $300 off your first bike. Take that money and buy yourself a backup battery or a trailer so you can haul that precious elk meat out. Baku e bikes out of Utah. Black Rifle Coffee Company. Coffee is life. I'm drinking coffee right now as I record this. Elk Shape is the discount code 15% off the coffee club of the month. So you pick which coffee arrives to your doorstep and you decide how much coffee arrives to your doorstep. And you can also use that discount code if you want to pick up some BRCC swag, a coffee mug, or bags of coffee for presents, whatever. It's a one-time use. Discount code Elk Shape, 15% off. Smokewood, fatty meat sticks. We are adding these to our arsenal of elk hunting. This is the most delicious meat stick in the entire world. My buddy Ryan, he founded Under Armour with the boys back in the day. He started this company. He wanted to make something that was sourced locally. So grass-fed beef, raised without antibiotics, no sugar, gluten-free, no nitrates added, no MSG added, like super clean, pure protein. I usually pack three or four sticks in my hunting pack. It's 20 grams per. It tastes awesome. It's Sweetwood Smokehouse Fatty. Check out the 3.0s. That's what we're rocking. Link in the show notes will get you a discount, 10% off your online purchase. Fatty meat sticks, they're awesome. The main thing I think for us is is I want to raise, you know, my my kids to love God and to know what should be first in your life and what's, you know, because we've been blessed to give them a pretty cool childhood and and, and all of that, but I really try to emphasize what's important to my kids, you know, and what can be taken away and what can't. And, uh, you know, that's been number one for me, but I also want to raise tough kids because I feel like there's a lot of soft people in this world. And I feel like, um, I want them to be leaders. I don't want them to just jump on any, any train that comes along. I want them to be leaders and to, to believe what they believe and to stand by it. And, um, we're just now getting into those years with my oldest. He's, he's going to be 10 this month where I can really have these conversations with them. But you know, and that there's a price that somebody paid a price for everything. Um, everything that we have, everything that happens, somebody paid a price for it. And, um, that if you want to have something in this world that you got to pay a price. And so, you know, that's kind of, um, a tough balance too, because you want to give your kids everything um, as a parent or a good parent, you know, I do, you just want to save them from every problem, but you got to figure out where, where you gotta, where you, when do you step in and when do you let them suffer a little bit, you know, and figure it out. Because I think back to my childhood and I had great parents too, but like you said, it was a totally different world, you know? And I remember the tough moments as a kid and just where I learned perseverance is where it's really what made me who I am. So I try not to, I try not to step in unless, <laughs> unless it's completely necessary, you know, because I got two boys who I want to raise into, into really strong men. And, um, now a little girl that I have no idea what to do and I'm really scared to death now. So that I did, mm. that was my nightmare. The little girl was my nightmare, but I'm, I'm in love. <laughs> yeah, dude. I feel that my, um, 
my daughter can do no wrong. Now, she's not a teenager yet. Uh, we're a ways down the road, but she's an angel, man. It's so cool to to have a daughter. It definitely softens you up um, to a degree that I didn't anticipate. Uh, congrats. How, how old is your daughter now? Four months. <laughs> Very young. Yeah, dude. She's, yeah. She's just a chubby little baby that makes noises right now. But, you know, it's funny because when we first had you don't really, you should, you know, you love your kids more and more like constantly because they grow into personalities and you kind of learn who they are, you know, when they're babies, you love them and they're beautiful. But then as they get their attitudes and their little quirkiness and you just, you know, with my kids, I love them more like literally every day they just do something. And I didn't think I could love more about them. And it's just, um, it's kind of cool to watch them develop and grow into little humans. But, um, it's a big responsibility though. Very heavy when you think about it. Yeah, man. Well, we're moving down to, I'm just kind of basically going down my little priority list and seeing where, what your thoughts are. So my next priority on this list after faith and family is believe it or not, it's fitness. Uh, tough to believe. Right. But, uh, just got back from hanging out with your boy, Cam did, uh, a full day of his training. That was terrible. He's 54. <laughs> I don't run bro. Yeah, not into running. I'm okay. I've ran a couple half marathons, like kind of on purpose and that was it. And he, I show up and he's like, he had a look in his eye. Like, yeah, Dan, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you today a little. He took the day off from work, but like he mapped out the run and it was like over 20 miles, three peaks. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this quite honestly. And then I knew we're going to lift and I knew we're going to shoot. And I know that he does this every day, but if I was to fly to, um, PA? Is that where you're at? Yeah. Okay. Let's say I roll into PA with my elk shape squad, which I'm actually going to make this happen. What's a day in a life of you, as far as your fitness, your strength, your conditioning, dudes in shape, what are you doing? Yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to go to the gym for sure. And, um, I'm not there for hours. I'm, I'm normally at the gym for my wife would say I am, but I'm normally there for hour and a half, two hours. And I work my butt off for that two hours, you know? Um, but we ain't running no marathon if you come to PA or a half marathon. <laughs> I, like I, my, I can do this. I, I got a buddy named Mike Pollard said it best one time. He said, if you see me running, just assume something's chasing me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I feel uh, that. no, I, I do. I, I work hard at it, man. I, um, I'm addicted to it, uh, severely, but Cam Haynes is another level of animal. Um, and I don't know anybody like him, to be honest. Um, and me and Cam are not that close. I don't know Cam that well, but I follow him and I have a ton of respect for who he is and just his, um, he, just the, the fact that he has zero quit in him, you know, and I can relate to that part of it. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know how he does what he does, to be honest with you, every single day. Um, but yeah, we would shoot, work out, um, eat good and laugh a lot. That's pretty much a life of my, you know, a day of my life. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing about cam is he might be the wittiest dude I've ever hung out with. Like he's the, he, he's a smart ass and uh, he cracks jokes nonstop. He doesn't take himself too serious, but don't get it twisted. Dude's got a chip on his shoulder still at age 54. Like he's middle finger to everybody who talks crap about him and he loves it. He feeds off of it. He want, he needs you to hate him. He loves that. And um, you get a little bit of hate too. And this is my segue into, so I want to know what's your favorite archery meme 
Instagram page, for better or worse? Which one comes through and makes you laugh? Archery Hooligan. 100%. <laughs> Just started following whoever that is. And um, I, I've, I've gotten a few jokes cracked at me, and, and I don't take myself serious. And I li- that guy's pretty witty. Um, how long have you been following? Do you know who it is? I bet you do. I do know who it is because he started pretty hard on me and uh, some of us that are in that. And he comes from the tournament archery world. And so we made it like our goal to figure out who it was. And so one night we all figured out who it was, like eight of us. And we all sent him and he had been just ragging us hard. And we were thinking it's hilarious, but we were just messing with the guy. And so we sent him a, a, um, a message and said, hey, and called him by his first name. And he said, I, I'm very sorry. I will take my page down. And, you know, <laughs> I was like, no, 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 dude. We think you're hilarious. We just wanted you to know we know who you are. <laughs> and so I've been following him ever since. I think his stuff's funny. And he still rags on me from time to time. And I don't care. I like it. So Yeah, dude. I love that you guys cracked the code. There's still a few meme pages out there that I'd like to figure out who it is. I can't, but I'm gonna. Um, Some of them, man are not funny you know true some of them are are just bitter and you can just tell right and uh i know a couple of them as well that i would like to know who they are just i mean a couple of them it's just like oh my gosh you know but whatever i i I still don't get it you know and i'm not a huge fan of it only because i just find it hard to believe that somebody can spend that much energy and and trying to talk about other people right if I, I mean, I would have never accomplished anything in my life if I wasted my energy on what everybody else was doing. So I'm not a huge fan of meme pages to begin with. I do have a sense of humor, so I laugh at them, you know, um, and some of them are pretty dang funny, like Archery Hooligan. But uh, at the same time, I'm like, eh, it's really not my thing. So I couldn't agree more, man. Like um, if you got Cheeto dust on your fingertips you are basically taking this gift of life for granted, like, or you're just not driven. Like there's so many boxes to check a day if you want to be successful. And one of those is not clowning on other people. My, my reach won't be on your level. I'm not a competitive archer kicking butt, but I I get, I've gotten enough to, to realize that early on it, it made me mad and I let it get me the best of me. And now I celebrate it. And maybe that's maturation, um, but you for sure it's just a thing. But I, I do see people get upset with you for your relationship from a business level with Bomar. Now, I want to say for the record, I've worked out with Josh and Cam and Sarah many, many ATAs ago before they were actually a big deal. And I don't know if I've ever seen a physical specimen such as Josh Bomar. And I'm just saying, like literally, I've never seen a human being that, um, jacked and he's put down some amazing, um, critters and he seems to know his way around tuning a bow and tinkering. Um, he checks a lot of boxes for me. So he's always been super positive towards me and I've always returned that. So that's all I know about him. But why do you choose to align with him? Um, that's one of the harder questions I had written down to ask, but I do want to cover it. Yeah, for sure. You know, I've known Josh for a few years. Me and him also have a lot of the same passions, right? Um, Fitness, while he is on another level, again, like you said, I don't know that there is another, you know, he won the Arnold Classic twice. And I mean, he's just, 
he works harder than anybody I know. I told him the other day on the phone, I said, man, I don't know many people busier than me. And you are way busier than me. You know, I honestly was worried about it for a little while because he just won't stop, you know? And most people with the money that Josh has would pay other people to do things and he just won't, you know, because he wants it to be perfect and he plants all his stuff. He hangs every stand. He is just a nut dude and he can shoot and he can work on a bow and he, all these things because he just wants to be great, you know? And so I got a lot of hate, you know, I guess Josh had some, you know, things, charges or whatever. He never was uh, found guilty of, but was accused of or whatever. And everybody's like, how can you still, you know, associate with them? And my deal is, look, man, I'm not perfect. My friends aren't perfect. And I don't want friends that are going to turn their back on me the minute somebody accuses me of something, you know, um, or even if I make a mistake in my life, you know, my friends are type of friends that stick by my side for better or for worse and will tell me when I'm doing something stupid. Um, but also don't run away the minute that I make a mistake, you know? And so that's, and Josh was never found guilty of any of that stuff, you know? And that's the thing in our industry, it seems like somebody makes a mistake and everybody, you know, all we talk about is cancel culture, cancel culture, but then we do the same thing to our own people when we feel like they might've made a mistake, you know, and we act like we're up here on this pedestal could never do anything wrong and can't believe that you would even be friends with somebody that got accused of doing something. And so it's just kind of been like elk shape camps, 2023, whether you are a brand new elk hunter, a seasoned veteran or somebody in between who's maybe intermediate, you've had some success, but quite not the consistent success. Consider coming to an elk shape camp in 2023, five locations, four, three day camps, one, two day camp. I'll break it down. Phoenix, Arizona, January 20th through the 22nd. We'll actually be at Wilderness Athlete HQ. My entire squad will be there. Stonewall, Texas, March 3rd through the 5th. That's outside of Austin. That's going to be a phenomenal camp. We did it last year. That's one of the best facilities we've ever had. It's the basically the NUMA owner lets us invade their ranch. It's a great experience for everyone. Speaking of ranches, Julian Ranch, just outside of San Diego, California, March 31st through April 2nd. Then back to Vortex Edge in Barnville, Wisconsin, April 14th through the 16th. And last but not least, we're going to do an exclusive elite member only from Onyx two-day mini camp in Green Acres, Washington. MFJJ, myself, and the boys, June 17th through the 18th. Pre-sale starts August 1st. Lock in your rate, get set up for camp, and set yourself up for future success. I hope you plan on elk hunting for the rest of your life. I know I certainly do. Early bird starts 9-1, September 1st. Regular registration starts November 1st. And for you slowpokes, late registration starts January 1st, 2023. All our camps involve you getting exposed at what you're weak at and getting a blueprint for how to mitigate that and make it a strength. Whether it's your calling, it's your fitness, it's your nutrition, it's your shot execution, it's your shot process, it's your equipment, it's your tuning, it's your e-scouting, it's your tactics. Whatever it might be, we're going to figure out a blueprint for you. Whatever's getting in the way of you finding success, we're going to help you crush, smash that learning curve and produce consistent success year in and year out. I hope to meet you and your friends at Oak Shape Camp 2023. A bad taste in my mouth for some of that because I'm like, you guys aren't even listening to yourselves, you know? I don't want friends like that and I'm not going to be a friend like that. So I keep driving ahead and if I got to keep my circle small, I'll keep it small, but um, I'm not that type of friend. So um, here we are, I guess. Well said. I appreciate that, man. Um, this is like the most organized I've ever been on a podcast. I'm like, tick, tick, tick. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to keep it like a conversation, man. But I mean, I, I do appreciate your realness. I, I can feel that. I would say um, I always admire people who hustle 
um, I always say, I've made a shirt that says hustle is my love language. And that's kind of how, like, if I see you hustling, I know that I got love for you. You got love for me. And I think Josh's work ethic is undeniable and his, that hustle. I respect that. And so we'll end it at that. Next thing on my list is we're going to talk about archery. I got, I actually have somebody who's a friend of mine wanted me to ask you a specific technique. And I was like, Oh, that's a good question. So I'll ask you that. But Kind of go like faith, family, fitness, and then hunting, then career. Like I kind of put career at the bottom because yeah. I'm trying to have this not real job as long as possible, which is weird to people. But man, I've already, I'm old. I've already done chase. I've chased career quite a bit. I'd rather have time than money. Money's cool though. I don't mind it. It's just not, you know, but I want to talk to you about finances for you. Like I know because I'm in the industry mm-hmm. at some point, Levi, there's a lot of strings attached to you. There's a lot of people that need stuff from you. And in your position, maybe they need you more than you need them. And I'm just shooting you straight, dog. Um, But when it comes to finances, paying for hunting, you have a show on, do you have a show on TV? Uh, Yeah, on Outdoor Channel, yeah. Okay, we're buying airtime, we're hiring videographers, we're paying editors, we're storyboarding. There's way more than people know. We're dealing with contracts. You're gone all the time. Um, so I guess long segue, but dude, talk to me about what's your philosophy when it comes to managing the Morgan household, finances, passive income, real estate, all that kind of stuff. Like what's your guys, like what's you and Samantha's approach in the pursuit of like having joy versus just temporary happiness and, and how does finances play into that? Because that's a huge deal for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think when I was younger, I thought money was where it was at, right? I mean, when I was 18, 19, and I was like, I was a mate. I come from, like I said, not a lot, you know? And so my dad's a rock mason and was a rock mason my entire life. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And so I didn't go to college. I was a mason supporting my archery addiction. And, And then all of a sudden, I never did it to be rich or to be famous i did it because i was addicted to it you know i loved it and all of a sudden i woke up at you know 21 and was the number one guy in the world you know and it was like okay you know and then the contract started coming and it was just like a long career of that and i've been put in some really good positions business-wise to to make money and um but Honestly, I talk about it all the time. When I lived in that double wide as a 19-year-old kid laying rock, I was just as happy as I am now. You know, money does not has not made me happy. And that's why it, I could take it or leave it. You know, you know, million dollars, cool. I mean, if I have it, I'll spend it. If I don't, who cares? You know, I mean, it's like <laughs> I'm not that guy that's trying to be take over the world financially. You know, I want to be. I do want to be comfortable. Nobody wants to be stressed over money and and you have to have some of it to make the world go round. Right. And, uh, I want my kids to have a good life and I want them to, you know, not miss a meal. But at the end of the day, whatever's left, I could care less about, you know, if I can go chase critters in the fall and, and, um, be comfortable, that's it. And yeah, we're not stupid either. You know, we try, we're trying to set ourselves up because I know I'm not going to be winning tournaments my whole life. And I'm not going to be the man, you know, forever. I I don't have that much pride. And I, so yeah, we try to make smart decisions with our future. Um, But at the end of the day, it's not about the the next million dollars that I can make. It's, it's um, having 
doing business with people I really like, great people, great products that I believe in, and setting myself up where shortly I don't have to do anything, you know, and that's where I want to be. I don't want to have to go to this many tournaments or have to do this. I want to go, I want to miss a tournament to be in my son's baseball tournament. I'm going to my son's baseball tournament, you know, and um, I want to be present for my kids more than anything. And right now my job, there is I'm, I'm like a Swiss army knife. I feel like I do a lot of different things for a lot of different people that I love, but I'm not going to do it forever, you know, because I don't, I don't, you know, it's not about the money and it's not about being famous, not about being in the spotlight. Those things just came with me loving and was allowed to be the best at what I do for, for a period of time. Um, that was never the driving factor, which I don't think it is for most people that, that are just insanely good at what they do, because I think they just love it that much and they can't walk away from it because of this crazy burning passion inside of them to, to just do it every day. And so it's been that way since I was a kid with a bow. And so it was never about that. Um, I remember winning my first tournament and got that first check. And I thought like I was set for life, you know, cause I mean, I think I won 25 grand and was like, Oh my God, I'll never spend that much money, <laughs> you know? So that's kind of like where I came from. And, um, but it was, uh, it's been crazy, but no, definitely on the same page with money is not where happiness comes from for sure. For me, um, not, I really don't even think about it on a daily basis. Um, I, I don't even look at it. Samantha could be wiping me out. And I don't know. it. <laughs> I totally feel, yeah. I feel that. My wife does the books, the invoicing and uh, pays. I, I'm pretty lousy. I just know what I got to do. And I, I grind. I appreciate that. Um, when it comes to um, real estate stuff, like do you guys, how many hunting properties are like yours versus you lease? Do you do Airbnb? Do you like it? Real estate, are you into it? Um, appreciating assets. Talk to me a little about that stuff, man. Yeah, for sure. I um, I think that's more of a retirement plan for me is the Airbnb stuff. We live in a real touristy area and we bought 520 acres that join uh, a giant resort and on one side and then Fort Necessity on the other. And it's just huge tourist like ski resort and stuff. And so we have one Airbnb on it. It's a big lodge that sleeps 18. Um, and then we have another one we're going to remodel. We're going to build several more there. Um, their, their Airbnb thing here is huge. Um, and so, however, I am not going to maintain that. I, I do not enjoy that, you know, so that's going to be more of a business where somebody's going to run that for us and do it. You know, obviously I will, if all else fails, I mean, I'm not scared of it. I just, that's not my, my dream to, to run an Airbnb business, you know, but it's called the white arrow farms. Um, and that's actually getting ready to go live, um, here in the next month or two. Um, so that's one thing. And we own a, a, here where we live, a piece of ground and then a, a place in Ohio, but that's it. You know, I don't own a lot of different farms, um, and real estate stuff. I would be way more aggressive if Samantha's not aggressive when it comes to investing in real estate and stuff like that where i am like i we're two different people when it comes to that type of thing where i can i would i don't have a problem taking a huge risk with my money right um it's kind of what we talked about earlier because honestly if it if it's gone 
whatever. You know what I'm saying? I've been blessed to have some really good mentors in business. And I feel like I could go make more tomorrow if I had to. So I'm not scared to take a risk where Samantha is like scared to death to lose $10, you know? And so we don't really jive when it comes to what we're going to invest in. So I've never pushed the issue. If it was up to me, I would have invested a lot more in real estate and stuff. But at the end of the day, I don't need to. It's not like I got to own a bunch of real estate. We have a giant farm here and it's, um, we've been very blessed to have that. And so, um, just another one of those things where, yeah, I probably would have done that if things were different. Of course, I would have had the encouragement from my wife, but she scared her to death. So we just didn't do it. Dude. Love it. I'm going to move on to archery. This is your wheelhouse stuff. I'm going to, we could rapid fire. If I ask you something, you got to talk deeper into that's great. What is your total arrow weight of your killing arrow for deer out West? Well, I imagine it's the same. What's your, take me through your arrow specs. Um, I, anywhere from 475 to 500 is where I'll probably wind up every year with my hunting arrow. What's your draw length? 30 and a half for my hunting setup. Uh, shooting 78 pounds, 75 to 78 pounds. We both shoot for Matthews. Um, do you think they should make a hunting? Like if, if they consulted you more and were like, Levi, help us make this hunting bow. Would you advocate for things like, and I'm basically giving you my wish list, uh, heavier mods past 75 slash more holding weight. Um, those are my two. Would you agree with those and, or what other changes or things would you like to see them evolve? Honestly, I think I would love to see 80 plus pound mods because I would shoot them um, just because I can right now. And uh, why not? Um, But honestly, man, they kind of nailed it for me. I would have obviously advocated for a little longer axle to axle too, um, just because the string angle gets tough for me at my draw length. Um, But then this V3X33 was perfect for me you know plus it has big camps shoots a lot like a 35 inch bow you know for me so um honestly as far as a wish list goes maybe i would do something with grips um but i because i've always shot off the riser and i've never found a grip i like ever on anything there's no i've tried every single one of them multiple times and i can i can't shoot them i have to shoot straight off the riser and uh so maybe I would dig in a little deeper if given the opportunity to try to find what the perfect grip would be for me, you know? And so, and maybe I'll just build a grip that goes on them. But at the same time, a lot of these bows don't go to my draw length barely anyway. And so I can't put a grip on it. It just shortens my draw length up, but that would probably be a very short answer to that question. No, that's cool. And I think people find that fascinating. Um, you know, I obviously we both love Matthews and I think you've shot him a lot longer than me. I came from Hoyt. So it's been a dream for me to, I, I really align with Matthews values, which is, I know you do too. And, um, they do a great, they do a great job. Yeah. That company is amazing, man. I, I shot Matthews since I was like 10 years old and, um, minus three years of like 2013, 14, 15, something like that. Um, uh, but they, that's home for me. You know, Matthews is just the people, the engineers, um, they're great guys. The engineers are some of the smartest human beings. And some of the, what most people don't know is how good a shots Matthews engineers are. They're incredible. Um, all those guys, I, I don't, I'm glad they don't shoot on the tournament trail for one. They're perfectionists. They're borderline geniuses. 
and they can they can shoot and uh that's what it takes to be successful in 3d because you have to be good at so many different things so um no it's a great company i'm proud to be a part of as well yeah so when you're hunting um your hunting setup i'm i'm assuming you're a single pin kind of guy but maybe i'm maybe i'm dead wrong what what are you running for a site uh i run a five pin on a mover okay there it is yeah i run a five pin on a mover and uh i have forever i can't do single pin i can't um a lot of people and i agree that it's probably more accurate to shoot a single pin um i can't do it because i feel like i'm risking too much for when that animal is inside of 60 yards and moving you know and like my dad shoots single pin i i shot a single pin a couple times when i was a kid because we couldn't afford two sites so i shot a my tournament rig for hunting i shot a rival pro which is like 42 inches long hunting when i was like 10 years old or 11 years old so i had one bow and i've it was set up for tournaments. And I just put broadheads on my arrows. So that's kind of what I did, but I always, I think I missed more animals because of gapping that pin and trying to aim over or under. Um, and so when I started shooting, so my, my favorite way to shoot a hunt right now is a five pin on a mover, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. My, my top two pins are green. My forties red, my bottom two pins are green. Um, I don't like a lot of colors. I get confused like everybody else. So I got all green and then forties red dead in the middle. And it just gives me a reference at all times, um, in those pins. Right. And so, um, however, I think if I knew that animal was going to stand at 40 yards and give me all the time in the world, every time I would run a single pin for sure. Um, it's way more easy for me to focus, um, to center in my peep um and all that stuff that's what i shoot in competition all year you know obviously i I like that sight picture i just feel like i give up too much elk a bull chasing a cow in he's standing there at 45 yards i move my sight and all of a sudden she turns and he pushes her into 15 and i'm stuck you know i can't move to change my sight and i got to know where my bow hits um with that. So that's why I do that. And, uh, I feel like I've shot it now for so long that I don't even have to think about it, you know? And, um, a lot of times I'll kill an animal and be like, I don't even remember thinking what pin I had to use, you know, I'll click it and then shoot it. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't even have to think because I've just, I've done it for so many years now. Um, but I do understand where some people get really confused and lost in the heat of the moment. Right. Yeah, man. No, that's, that's cool. I like your style. I think that's, that makes sense. I've done a lot of the three and five pin sliders or movers and I'm into them. Um, I'm a little undecided right now. I'm running a dual track, which is like kind of a double pin center post type gadgetry. And yeah, I don't have a long drain, a long draw length like yourself. So, you know, I, I can't really fudge things, you know, trajectory wise so um but that's why again i come back to i want to shoot as heavy much as heavy poundage as possible i mean i was gonna say i don't think there's a right or wrong way to do that you know with the pin thing i think it's personal preference what you're comfortable seeing i mean if you look through a site and see five pins like my dad he, he blanks out you know when that big buck yeah. walks out and he he's like i can't remember what pin it is you know and so or maybe you just have trouble centering in your peep or you just have more confidence in a single pin. I think it's great. I think for me, I do what works for me. And that's, it's kind of like the whole story with archery. There's no right or wrong way to do hardly any of it. As long as you can repeat it the same every time, you know? And so, yep. Let's talk about this. This is probably where we're going to end this thing. Repeatability 
in my hand is my release. Now, I am video recording this podcast, but I will only play this clip on social media. So, because uh, our we don't do video podcasts, man. What's the darn best angle for a handheld hinge or thumb button or tension activated for that matter? But like my buddy Trail wanted me to ask you, I might have to even look this question up because the way he asked it was, but basically he's kind of like wanting to know Levi, like, hey, Levi, how do I get the most consistent hand position day in and day out, especially when an animal's in front of me and I might black out. So what do you do to produce more robotic continuity in your hand position? So I think it's, it's all in, so I teach like a three point anchor system, right? And it's your hand to the release, your hand to your face and the string to your face. That's your three points of contact in your anchor that have to be the same every time. And so we're talking about angle of your hand at full draw. Um, I actually did a video on Instagram about this yesterday about how this affects left and right. Yeah, um, I shared that. I thought that was dope. Yeah, yeah. And so what that is is pretty much this bone, this outside of your arm line is kind of where you're going to pull around, right? If it's straight up and down because it's really hard to execute here and pull with your back. But if you're here, you're gonna, this line is going to work around your body. So it's very important to keep that consistent. So what I do when I'm anchoring, I take these two knuckles right here, my first and second or my uh, first and middle finger and run them right down my jawbone as I'm pulling back until, and I'll pull them straight down my jawbone until my nose touches the string. And so that's when I know it stops. And if either of those knuckles and they're just barely touching, I don't have them like completely buried into my face. So I feel like it really keeps that angle consistent because if one knuckle was to rock off of that at all, I would feel it. And so and that is not the only way to do it. Some guys like Jeff Hopkins shoots with his hand completely buried, like past straight up in his ear. And I can't even get my arm to bend that way, you know, and some guys are completely flat. There is no right angle. It's just, you got to find a way to repeat it. And, and then that's right. I mean, I don't care if you hold the release like this, if you can do it the same every time you're going to be great, you know? And so You've just got to find little points of contact and things, and then you got to burn that and blueprint that into your shot process. And that's not going to happen shooting five arrows a week. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's why, I mean, with anything, that's your grip, your pressure, your tension, your yeah, everything. Um, it just happens by doing it over and over and over exactly the same every time. And um, now I feel like I can tell, like, I feel like I've shot a bow so much at this point the same with the same angle that I could tell without touching my face. If I was a degree off, you know, just because mainly because I can feel where that tension changes in my back and my arm. Um, and I can feel instantly whenever I'm pulling more around my body than I am back, you know? And so there is no perfect, I guess, to answer your question. There is no perfect angle, but you have to figure out a way to repeat it over and over. And so the easiest way for me to do that was with the two knuckles down my jawbone. Legit, bro. Uh, if you're Levi Morgan and you win a lot, but you also are married, have kids and a lot of stuff going on as a professional, let's say you do the day's gotten away and you haven't shot your bow and you want to not, I'm not assuming you have to shoot every day, but you got a few minutes. What's your formula for the best perfect practice session, regardless of the time of year for you? Um, I would say... Mm, that's a that's a good question because it changes so dang much <laughs> yeah i would say you know i'm gonna go out and shoot 20 arrows and i i'm not worried about impact 
You know, if I want to have a really good practice session short in a short period of time, I'm going to not worry about impact. I'm going to worry about perfect execution. And so I'm going to go out and completely forget where my arrow hits, um, really work on relaxing my mind and letting that pin just kind of hover where it needs to be and not put so much emphasis on where I hit and just work on timing and execution. So I want my shot to break exactly the same, feel the same and flow. Um, it's all feel. It's like putting. I don't know if anybody on here plays golf, same thing. You can have perfect form, perfect everything, you know, a thousand dollar clubs, but if you don't have feel, you ain't going to be a very good putter. Same goes for, for both, both. Um, you got to have a good feel and, and that's what I would probably practice is just rhythm and low anxiety. Let's say you're Levi and you're having one of the days that I'd probably know a lot better than you where you suck, dude. And you're like, like I have a coach, MFJJ, I'll call him up or I'll even call Joel Turner and I'll just be like, talk me off the ledge. I'm about to jump and quit. I like you ever have days like that? And if so, like, like I've been guilty of being outside for like six, seven hours going in and out with the bow press doing like crazy shit where like I'm not even like everything doesn't I have meetings are canceled. Emails are not returned. I am with my bow. Do you ever have days like that or am I alone? All the time, man. All the time. I drive my family insane because if it's not perfect, I'm freaking out. And I just, I, cause I know what it takes for one, <laughs> you know, and I, I'm like, I know when my stuff isn't there or I'm not there. Right. So, uh, yeah, I've had more days this year like that than ever. I think, um, mainly because I, I feel like I've had more of a drive this year, but yeah, I've been this year, several days in and out of the house from daylight till dark throwing stuff like in a bad mood, not enjoyable to be around at all. And my wife tells me about it. And, um, then somehow it's just clicked at the right time. So, um, but yes, dude, I have those days all the time. I think every, anybody says they don't and shoots their bow very much with the line because archery, you know, it's a game of having to repeat things, a thousand little bitty things to be good at it. So, yeah, every man. day is well, different it's nice to hear that it's a little refreshing but i think that's what we all agree about archery is man just when you think you've mastered it you can wake up the next day and be start all over it seems and uh that's why we keep coming back um last but not least my buddy i know he's gonna want to hear a shout out but cage golden came with us to alaska he won a hunt with us and we took him over there in alaska pretty cool kid What's the dirty on that kid? Like, give me some stories on Cage Golden out of Montana. Cage Golden, one of the best human beings on the planet, man. Just um, so funny how we met. I, I sent a thing out. I was doing a hunt in uh, Wyoming, Montana. We had like five guys in camp we wanted to film. And I was out, I didn't have a videographer. And I just put a thing on Instagram. And somebody messaged me about Cage. And so he come down and we hit it off. And uh, just a stud, dude. I mean straight up every trick that i've ever seen gets around cage just loses her mind and, you know wants to take him home and he's uh but he's just a great human being and a heck of a hunter dude he is one of the best i've hunted with and i i enjoy being around him i enjoy being around cage uh as much as anybody uh great shot great dude um he's gonna do great things i think uh, no matter what he does in this industry but uh yeah one of my favorite humans well, I'm sure he'll appreciate hearing that. I couldn't agree more. I can't believe we drew his name out of the hat, man. Um, 
I felt so blessed because, uh, you know, you're going to Alaska with a dude and his friend. You're going to film it for YouTube. And the last thing I want to do is be on a little boat that holds seven dudes for a full week and they're just weird or, you know, yeah. just <laughs> <laughs> totally. we, we lucked out, man. And I, uh, Cage is now a friend and a uh, good dude. So that's cool to hear. And yeah, his story was very similar to, to yours as far as he saw your you reach out on IG and he did not know that much about filming. So he kind of like, maybe he lied or told the truth favorably, um, but he faked it till he made it. And obviously look at him now, man. So that's super cool. Yeah. He's awesome, man. Uh, that bull, he killed it. I got to film him kill a giant bull and it was pretty cool, man. That whole story was, was nuts, but yeah, me and Cage have a lot of good memories already. So mm, that's cool. All right. Well, I've taken enough of your time. Um, is there what's up what's up and coming for you i imagine tournament season's winding down and it's on to hunting after family vacay yep i got one tournament left ibo world championships and then uh lucky for me it's right here at home seven springs pa um so perfect and then i got a week off we go on vacation another week off and i am off to nebraska so um fun time here's almost here enjoy the finish line levi i appreciate you god bless you guys listening if you're not following levi or never heard of him i don't know how that's possible but he's super humble guy loves the lord knows how to shoot a bow has an amazing family and hell of a hunter appreciate your time levi separations in the preparation we'll catch you on the next one awesome guys what a great podcast levi you're you're the real deal, man. I wish you nothing but success. Uh, at the time of this recording, we're finishing up elk season. And uh, hopefully you are too if you're an archery elk hunter. Um, hopefully the hay is in the barn, the meat is in the freezer, and all the adventures behind you. And uh, you learned. You learned from making mistakes, but you also had some small successes that led to the big victory. And I just appreciate your guys' support. Now, this podcast is brought to you by Numa Outdoors. They're out of Texas. Uh, it's the hunter, hunting clothing that I'm wearing, and I do have a discount code, ElkShape20, takes 20% off. These guys have a lot of different SKUs from merino-based type layers to really athletic-fitting pants like the Pathfinder and the Pursuit Pant for hunting out west. You can check out some of their um, hybrid-type tops where you can get um, a quarter or long sleeve, great layering systems. Get yourself the Palisade Puffy for that back end as well as maybe... The Alpha Vertex jacket, which is made with bow hunters in mind. The rain gear is definitely the quietest on the market. Vortex Nation, Elk Shape Podcast, loves you guys. Appreciate you guys. Discount code Elk Shape takes 20% off Vortex wear. They make actually ridiculously good clothing for like everyday wear, scouting, even training. That's what I wear. So you can use that discount code, save some loot, uh, Onyx Hunt, discount code Elkshape, 20% off. Become an elite member. You're going to get access to Top Rut Draw Odds as well as the Hunting Full Digital Publication. You're going to get access to Hunt Reminder. You're going to get a little access to the Hunting Collective and a bunch of other goodies. Um, a lot of perks. I can tell you right now, there's a lot of mapping software companies coming out. And they're just going to be five to ten years behind Onyx always. So if you want something extremely reliable, lean on Onyx in the backcountry. Buck Knives out of Post Falls, Idaho. That's 20 minutes from my house. That's where I go to resharpen my knives, which I'm going to do. And uh, I have the factory do it. You can do the same, send your knives in, or um, go get a factory tour and see everything made there in the U.S. The business is over 100 years old. Matthews Archery, we got a new bow coming out, the 2023 bow. Soon, friends, soon. Can't wait to tell you all about it. 
MAGVIEW, discount code ELKSHAPE, takes 10% off, and you can start digiscoping without an extra phone case. You can just put the magnet on the back of your phone or your phone case, and it's a, a cover for your spotting scope. You can even get the adapter for your binos, and you can digiscope anything you want. Wilderness Athlete, discount code ELKSHAPE22, takes 30% off your first purchase. Make it a good one. Black Rifle Coffee Company, discount code ELKSHAPE, takes 15% off. Become a member of their coffee club. Get coffee delivered to your doorstep in the quantity and flavors that you like the most. You control all that, but the discount code is a one-time use. So if you're going to become a member, get 15% off. Black Ovis, where I get most of my gear, discount code ELKSHAPE, takes 10% off. If it's post-hunting season, and that's a good time to buy because you realize what you need to upgrade, you can start doing that now for the following season. One upgrade that I would strongly recommend to put in your crispy hunting boots is Sheep Feet. Discount code ELKSHAPE takes 10% off. They may seem like they're expensive or they're gimmicky. They're not. They're an absolute game changer. Will help you stay in the field longer, transfer energy better, and have no foot ailments. Everything starts from the ground up. Guys, you got a lot of options when it comes to podcasts. Thanks for choosing ours. Thank you, Levi, for coming on. That was awesome today. Separation is in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one.